pack of cigarettes. My kid? My kid. My kid. He knows it's dangerous. 5.4 million American kids vape, and most think it's harmless. Get your head out of the cloud. Talk to your kid about vaping. Visit talkaboutvaping.org. That's talkaboutvaping.org. Brought to you by the American Lung Association and the Ad Council. If you served honorably in our nation's armed forces and you're looking for a way to continue serving your fellow veterans in your community, then join AMVETS. Each year, AMVETS members volunteer millions of hours at VA health care facilities from coast to coast, helping to improve the lives of their fellow veterans through the VA Voluntary Services Program. AMVETS posts and departments also participate in a wide variety of community service projects, ranging from Americanism in our schools to supporting the Special Olympics and Boy Scouts of America. If you no longer wear the uniform today, you can still serve through the AMVETS by joining today at AMVETS.org. Broadcasting live from the Masters Heating and Cooling Studios, this is WKJG 1380 AM, 100.9 FM, Fort Wayne, Indiana, The Fan. This is an exclusive presentation of high school sports on Fort Wayne Sports Station, 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. This is the High School Coaches Show. Here's your host, Justin Kenny. Welcome in, everyone. It's the sectional semi-final edition of the High School Coaches Show. I'm Justin Kenny. He is John Graham producing. We're here till 7 o'clock talking area high school football down to the final four teams at each sectional throughout the state of Indiana. We're going to break it down over the next 60 minutes or so. We'll start it off here in just a few minutes with head coach Grant Mosher of the South Adams Starfires. His team gets a rematch against the Monroe Central Golden Bears coming up tomorrow night in Bern. We'll break all that down with him. Bryce Vance, KPC Media Group, will join us quarter hour. We'll break down everything that's going on in the NE8 and Northeast Corner Conference. We'll look back on that East Noble Leo game from uh, last Friday and also talk maybe about the inevitability of Eastside versus Bishop Lures in Class 2A a week from tomorrow night. Second half of the show, it will be Coach Brett Fox, Columbia City Eagles, will join us. His team hitting the road to take on Northridge tomorrow night. And then we'll wrap it up with head coach Chad Zolman of the Homestead Spartans, the big one in Class 6A tomorrow night. Homestead at Carroll in Sectional 3. The winner will advance and host the Warsaw Tigers for a sectional championship next Friday. Let's get it started. Our first guest on the phone with us right now, South Adams coach Grant Mosier. Coach, how are you? Very good, Justin. How you doing, my man? Not bad, man. And uh, congratulations. We're... Uh, we're here. We're talking, uh, you know, postseason football here, and uh, it's been a a rough season for you guys in terms of injuries. And I want to kind of start it off with get the injury report for the Starfires. Where are you guys sitting right now? Yeah, it has been, but I've been I've been incredibly proud of our guys. And you always talk. I hate cliche sayings, but when they sometimes actually are true. Next man up. I mean, we really have had that this year. Uh, we're currently with, without five offensive starters from, from week one, um, losing Sam Plattner, a captain, uh, in week two, losing Aiden Warner, week two, a captain, uh, losing Connor Young, week three, a two-way starter, losing Parker Bryan, week five, and then losing Thomas Murphy, our left tackle, uh, last week with a knee injury. So, <clears throat> But I, I love the guys at the field, and Owen Warner has just been incredible playing uh, as a sophomore, playing quarterback for us, 20 touchdowns on the year, 1,700 yards. Um, guys like Hunter Conger stepping in, Burton Lefevre on defense. Um, this has been really cool. Matt Campbell on offensive lines. We've got a lot of guys getting reps, which is going to be uh, great for next year, but we're sitting at 8-2. and two. 
um, with a chance here to uh, hopefully uh, make a run and repeat the sectional for the third year in a row. So we're excited where we're at right now. When you talk Aiden Warner, I know it's been thrown around. Will he, won't he? Is there any indication that you'll uh, you'll play him tomorrow, or is it a big uh, burn secret? Uh, everything in burn's a secret. <laughs> no, we so we, he's practiced now for about two, two and a half weeks. Um, he's not played a snap in a game yet. I would say to some extent we would see him on the field tomorrow. tomorrow. Now, whether that is at receiver, whether that's, that's at free safety where he was off state, whether that's at quarterback, uh, that's probably something I'm going to keep to myself right now. But he will probably <laughs> get some playing time at some point tomorrow, uh, which is a huge look for us. And like I said, he's, he's, a, he's a back from a, a state runner-up team where he was the captain on that team. He's a captain this year as a senior once again. He just brings a whole new uh, focus and, and uh, energy to our practice, just that by itself even. So we're excited to have him hopefully back tomorrow to some capacity. Now we'll see what that looks like. He hasn't been tackled um, since week two. So we'll see what that, how that goes and, and what we do with them. But, again, that just brings excitement to our community, whole community side. And it's kind of buzzing about Aiden Warner. So it's going to be a fun night tomorrow night, hopefully. You know, initially you'd say, okay, if Aiden Warner's back, he immediately slots into that quarterback spot. But as, as you mentioned, he can fill so many different roles for you. And considering how Owen has played of late, you, you feel pretty confident keeping him in there. So, you know, conceivably you could put Aiden elsewhere on the field, not necessarily put him right back behind center. Well, absolutely, he's a, he's a three-year he's a three-year starter wide receiver for us with James Arnold. And he he's a, he's actually third all-time on our career receiving list, <laughs> receiving list. He's our all-time leading scorer in South Adams history. So he's, he's, he, we can we can play him absolutely anywhere. He's so versatile. One <clears throat> of the things he does, like you said, Owen's been great, man. Uh, Twenty touchdowns for a sophomore. Uh, he has five picks on the year and three of those against Monroe Central. So that's kind of the thing we learned a lot from that game. I'm gonna go back and look at it on film. We really broke that down, and uh, we thought early on we we were there. Uh, we had two two. Long drive, the first drive of the game, went about 60 yards inside the 10. Uh, turned it over on fourth and one, turned over on downs, and then we drove down again into the 10-yard line. So 0-0 game and threw a 90-yard pick six. And last time score was 7-0 them. Um, so, so we look at some things, and, and we, we feel good about it now. We've embraced fully. We're going to be playing in mud bath to the point that we actually got the hose out yesterday <laughs> and actually watered, watered down our practice field. It's a true story. So we, we, we're playing in the mud right now. I'm watching our guys right now play in the mud out in the practice field. So we're embracing that, and uh, we're just going to have fun with that. Coach, after back-to-back losses in uh, the middle of the season at Monroe Central, at Adams Central, you talked about this group and how young you've had to be. Uh, what was the response from your guys? I mean, it had to be a challenge, not just for uh, for this year's guys, but maybe guys used to winning the last couple years. They bounced back pretty well, but take me you know, through inside the locker room after those back-to-back lopsided defeats. Sure. Uh, yeah, Monroe Central, rough loss, especially offensively. Couldn't get, couldn't get going. And then uh, Adam Central, we kind of got blown out. Um, I remember sitting there Monday morning or Monday afternoon with the team and, and saying, hey, we're at, a, we're at a crossroads right now. We can kind of fold it in and see how where it goes, or we can uh, take the path to where we want to go. And we have, we have three winnable games left in the season, and we, we want to win our third sectional in a row. Um, so the goal we kind of had at that point was, hey, let's restart the season, let's restart, and let's go 6-0. and that, that finished the season with three wins, and that, that win a sectional. So right now, the message all week's been, hey, we're 4-0. Now we're looking 5-0, so that's where we're at. Coach, last week you went to Madison Grant. You took on the Argyles. Take us back to that game. You guys were able to instill your will early and, and take care of business. Yeah, Trey Shock's been phenomenal as far as uh, a player. He's 10 touchdowns on the year. Um, all-time lean returner, just absolutely electric. But he does so much more than that when he takes uh, – he, he forces teams to double cover him. So last week we saw Jordan Henshaw in seal covers and got him two, two uh, nine routes from Owen. 
uh, both being touchdowns. We've got Hunter Conger, another film, like I mentioned earlier, on nine route for a touchdown. So Shock just takes so many eyes on him, um, which gets guys like Jordan Henshaw, Silas Loshi, uh, Hunter Conger, um, even even uh, some of the Brady Beal open. So that, that's just been huge for us having Trey. Uh, and he's, he was hurt early, too, but he's, he's healthy back now. Uh, they, have, they have a phenomenal player in Luke Jones, who's a junior, a three-year starter as well. Um, so it's going to be a blast tomorrow watching him and him and Shot go at it back and forth, both sides of the ball. Uh, Luke Jones, I think he's a ball state recruit right now, or at least got some looks from some Mac schools uh, versus Trey Shaw. It's going to be a lot of fun. And Trey's taking that pretty personal. Yeah, Luke Jones, the standout receiver, leads Monroe Central in receiving 548 yards, receiving seven touchdowns for the Golden Bears. Coach, it was round one with Monroe Central, at least for this year, because it seems like uh, you guys have gone back and forth for the better part of uh, half a decade with them. Uh, it was a 23 nothing setback in week five. Uh, looking back at that one, it was kind of in the middle of, of you guys, you know, you know, suffering those injuries and trying to find replacements. Uh, how tough was it to, to go on the road in week five and, and play Monroe Central? Sure. It's kind of turned into a pretty kind of cool little rivalry. We've played I mean, this will be our, our uh, now seventh time playing in the last uh, four years. So it'll be our sixth time playing in the last three years. We've been in sectional the last three years. Um, so it's turned into, in the last four years, we've both been top five in 1A. So it's, we have a lot of respect for them and what they do. They have, they have a great coach. Um, he's, he's been around for a long time, obviously. Does a lot of things well. Came from Muncie Central. We were successful over at Muncie Central. So, so he's coached some NFL players. Um, he, uh, he's, he's great. So, again, we just kind of... Uh, Enjoy that rivalry. We know them pretty well. They know us well. Uh, we're, we're glad we could play at home. It's a tough place to play up there like we did in week five. But we get home, we're at home tomorrow. Where I think we have like 19 straight wins going back uh, to 2018. And before that goes back, I think we have maybe we're like, I don't know exactly, like 27 in the last 28 home games we've won. Uh, so we kind of relish playing. We, we love playing in front of our home community. Uh, I know we'll have a good crowd even with the potential of rain and being cold. Um, so again, it's just gonna be a. Per I, I mean, I love small school football, Kenny. I really do. It's just the, the community love and the community aspect of it, where there's so much, uh, so much support, and, and the texts roll in, and the phone calls, and the good luck, and the, and the small school uh, during the school day. So it's uh, it's gonna be exciting tomorrow night in Burn. Coach Graham Osier, South Adams Starfire, is joining us here on the High School Coaches Show. And uh, Coach, let's talk about Monroe Central. What they do so well. They again, they shut you out in Week Five. It was the first shutout. Um, of a South Adams team since your first year, 2015, where you went one and nine. Not sure how they brought you back for year two, um, but uh, <laughs> it turned out well, I guess. But uh, um, you know, what, what schematically, defensively, what uh, makes them so difficult on that side of the football? Yeah, they're really what well coached on the defense side too. Um, they have, they have a, they really controlled the line of scrimmage against us the first game. They really uh, owned us up front. We couldn't get the running game going at all. Um, we rushed for 0.2 yards to carry. We take out the the sacks out of the, out of the equation. Um, so we we I think we rushed 18 times. Um, like I said, we rushed for 0.2 yards to carry. Um, so we got to be better than that tomorrow. Uh, we know that they're they're very physical up front with their D line. Uh, they have two two way players that are both three way stars that are that are incredible. With uh, Joel Kennedy, the leading rusher, also a, a great defensive end for him. And then another uh, D one kid they have in uh, uh, Bursiaga, number five. Uh, plays middle backer to the end form, also just uh, brings brings a, a lot of physicality. Um, so we got we got to be tougher up front. That's that's kind of where we got owned on offense the first time. Um, I, I like our matchups in the secondary. Now that might change some with with the weather, but uh, we'll adjust and we'll adapt and uh, we'll make checks of the line and, and we'll see what happens. What's it come down to tomorrow night, man? I mean, is is it all, is it all about uh, up front? Something you guys really couldn't get a push up front round one? Is that he for tomorrow night? 
Uh, that's that's going to be huge, but I, I think it goes down to uh, our seniors and uh, how bad do you want to keep playing versus how bad do you want to go into wrestling and basketball season. Um, that, that says a lot. Our guys have played the last couple of years uh, through the sectional, like I, like I mentioned earlier. So what, I guess how bad do you want to keep playing? This could be your last night of practice right now, or is it going to be uh, coming back on Monday and watching the film and getting back after us? So we'll kind of see how our and – and I love our senior class, man. They uh, – They've been the most one of I think probably the winningest class in South Adams history the last four years, um, with some help obviously from the grades grades above them. Uh, so, but they, but they are used to winning. Um, so, obviously, Benner Central is a great team, but it's gonna come down to I think our senior leadership and, and whether or not uh, we're ready to be done. All right, buddy, we'll let you go. Thanks a lot for taking the time to join us. Good luck tomorrow night, round two against Monroe Central in Burn, seven o'clock kickoff. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, my man. We'll talk to you later. Yes, sir. That was Coach Grant Bozier, South Adams Starfires, kicking off the show. His team 8-2. and two. They will host undefeated second-ranked Monroe Central tomorrow night. The Golden Bears, as mentioned, with that defense, not only did they shut out South Adams in Week 5, they have pitched five total shutouts on the season, and they have held eight of their ten opponents to seven points or less. This is a very... Very good Monroe Central defense. They have a solid offense to complement it, and it'll be definitely a big challenge for the Starfires coming up tomorrow night in Burn. We're going to take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk to Bryce Vance, KPC Media Group, break down some of the action coming up tomorrow night. You're listening to the sectional semifinal edition of the High School Coaches Show here on 1380 The Fan, 100.9 FM. Join us November 19th for the 17th annual Christmas on Broadway as we line up in front of the Shine and Harden building for the annual Christmas tree lighting and celebration. The fun starts at 530. Come see the 40-foot tall tree get lit up. Enjoy the holiday fireworks display and much more. For more info on the event and to enter this year's coloring contest for great prizes, go to 1380thefan.com. Christmas on Broadway presented by Shine and Harden, Trinity English Lutheran Church, Mud Track Tree service and 1380 the fan at 100.9 fm this is brad keselowski driver number two discount tire ford mustang racing fans know that a quick pit stop to check the tires can give me the winning edge the same is true for your car proper tire tread helps keep traction on the road in everyday driving to check your tread simply insert a penny lincoln's head first into your tire grooves if you can see all of Honest Abe's head, it's time to get your tires checked by a professional. A message from the U.S. Tire Manufacturers Association. It doesn't take a brain surgeon to know ticks suck. But what you might not know is that they don't just suck blood way out in the woods. Those creepy little bugs can be anywhere all year long. And I do me comes in these small, gross packages. Even a tiny tick can make you super sick. So what's the most important tip to avoid getting bit? Well, duh, pay attention. Remember, ticks can be just about anywhere outdoors. Then spray attention with an EPA-registered insect repellent. Wearing long socks and other protective clothing is a good idea, too. When you come back inside, shower. And always remember, check for ticks everywhere. And if you do get a tick bite, don't panic. Tell an adult. And visit TickSuck.org to learn how to remove it properly. Ticks suck, but being outdoors shouldn't. Go to TickSuck.org for more information. TickSuck.org 
My mother was always very active and independent, and she was familiar with her neighborhood. But one day, she stopped at the stop sign for much longer than usual. She wasn't even really sure where she was at. It's important for you to talk to someone about it. I felt so much better after my son told me, Mom, we'll figure it out. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash ourstories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. For those fortunate enough to help the person who has always been their hero, find the care guides you need to help at aarp.org slash caregiving. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Now back to the High School Coaches Show on Fort Wayne Sports Station, 1380 The Fan at 100.9 FM. Welcome back, everybody. High School Coaches Show. I'm Justin Kenny. He is John Graham. We're here till 7 o'clock where we'll give way to Fox Sports at the top of the hour. But coming up, 8 o'clock coverage, Packers-Arizona tonight, Thursday night football, as Green Bay at 5-1, and one, plays at Arizona, 6-0. and oh. And finally, we get to see some Kyler Murray around here. How long have we had to wait uh, afternoon game after afternoon game after afternoon game seeing uh, Dallas on every, every uh 425. We have not seen Kyler Murray in the Arizona Cardinals yet. Finally get to see him on Thursday night football tonight. So it should be a good one. Rogers Murray out West tonight, Thursday night football. You can hear complete coverage of that game tonight, starting at eight o'clock here on 1380. The fan tomorrow night, there will also be football here on 1380 is going to be Homestead and Carroll. Uh, but to talk about not just that game, but a whole host of American football games, we welcome in Mr. Bryce fans. Bryce, how are you? I'm splendid, Justin. How are you? Splendid, huh? Where are you? Are you on location tonight? Um, I am not. I am currently in my office at home. Oh, really? So you're grounded yeah. is what you're saying? Yes. I will <laughs> be I will be um, out of town this weekend. Oh, um, I will be covering some state finals soccer and some cross-country state finals this weekend. Hey, outstanding. So a busy, busy Saturday coming up for Bryce. But, uh, Bryce, let's look back. You were uh, you were there for the final um, game of the season for East Noble last week. It was Leo and East Noble. I heard the final two or three minutes on the radio after I left Cherubusco. Pretty much all I needed to hear, at least for the, uh, for the excitement. But uh, what did you uh, what did you witness? What did you take out of that football game? Um, I don't want to be prisoner of the moment, um, but it was one of the best college, uh, high school football games that I've covered um, since covering high school football in the last six or so years. Um, it, was, it was fantastic. It was a game where you really felt like um, it could have gone either way, and it really could have. Um, East Noble had its opportunities to win. It had some um, head-scratching plays. It had some head-scratching decisions. Um, Luke Amstutz, the Sumble coach, called it um, the greatest high school football game he's ever been a part of, even though he's been a part of the state finals and a semi-state game on his home turf that I think were maybe just a little bit better. Uh, but that's his own opinion. But it was a very, very good game um, that both these teams played, and it came down to some execution on Leo's part that it just hasn't – we haven't seen it all season long. And they were able to march down the field – um, with less than two minutes to go through the air, um, Jackson Barber Barber proved a lot of people wrong on Friday night. 
How was able? How was East Noble defending the pass there late? Because we we give so much credit to, to Leo for executing and for good reason, but it'd be very difficult for a defense that hasn't had to respect the pass to all of a sudden have to respect it and defend it. So was it something where where East Noble was locked in with their pass defense, or was Leo able to find some some chinks in the armor as they moved downfield? I think East Noble was just trying to keep everything in front of them. They weren't really. They were playing prevent defense, but they were just trying to make sure um, that Leo didn't break off the big play um, until they got, you know, in, in close in, inside the 24-yard the 20, line or so. They weren't really playing man pressure. Leo really wasn't trying to go down the field either. They were trying to just dink and dunk um, and try to get out of bounds, and Isobel was not necessarily letting them have those plays, but it was kind of – it wasn't – too terribly difficult for for Leo to move down the field as they were getting um, some of those easier pass plays over the middle uh, or to the outside and just making life kind of easy for Jackson Barber. And credit to him, he stepped up in the moment. Um, Like I said, he hasn't had to throw the ball a lot this year. He hasn't had to execute a two-minute drill quite like that. Um, And he did a very fantastic job. They got a little bit of luck with the, the Caden Miller catch over the middle that put them in the four uh, at the four yard line with just a few seconds to go. He kind of tipped the ball to the, to himself um, and was able to keep Leo's season alive because they would have been going from the 24 instead of the four with, with under 10 seconds left. And that would have been a much more difficult situation. So Istanbul's defense um, wasn't, you know, really um, not giving them everything deep, and they were just trying to keep them in, in front of them. He is Bryce Vance, KPC Media Group, joining us here on the High School Coaches Show. Bryce, after what you saw out of Leo, and I think we can all agree that that game uh, was the most difficult matchup in this sectional 19 for them. Uh, not saying, you know, you know, they get DeKalb this week. You know, it could be Columbia City or Northridge coming after that. You look at the regional, they're going to play the winner out of sectional 20. It's not daunting um, that you look larger into the semi-state and you're looking at potentially a new Prairie, uh, potentially a, a matchup or a Lowell or Hobart. Point is, I don't see a matchup before semi-state and maybe including semi-state where I'm looking at it saying, Leo is a decided underdog in this football game. So based on what you saw last week, Bryce, could Leo be the North representative in Class 4A? I think so. I, I thought going into last Friday's game in Kinderville that the winner of this game was at least going to be in, in semi-state. And, and as you mentioned, I've, I've gone through you know the regional possible semi-state opponents just because I was prepping myself for potential road trips for for following East Noble, possibly all the way down to Indianapolis. And it just felt like the road, as you said, isn't really daunting as it may have been where you have a a Marion team last year that was filled with a whole bunch of seniors and it was their time to make a run and and they went to semi-state, but then they had to face a Hobart team that's been absolutely loaded the last couple of years. Um, And East Noble had to run into them two years ago. Um, to just to get down to the state finals, and I don't really feel like there's there's that team right now, um, and and it could be like you said, a New Prairie or a Lowell or any of those teams out of the region um, that have, that have been tested um, by other teams and other bigger programs um, in their in their conferences over there. But right now, it feels like the path for for Leo is uh, is definitely 
easier than, than it has been for a sectional 19 uh, um, winner for the last couple of years uh, just because you have you don't have to face you know you, even you don't even if you go back to 17 and 18 when they had goal one they didn't have to face a, a dwinger um, in the in the regional so that was it, it's definitely uh, I think gotten a little bit easier and I feel like Leo has the team to, to make a run uh, just with their their rushing attack and how well they play on defense. Yeah, looking ahead, it's it's definitely favorable until you get to that 4A championship game if you end up having to face Ron Colley. Number one, undefeated. They've beaten Chatard. They've beaten Brebuff. They've beaten Elder out of Cincinnati. Uh, it's arguably one of the top three or four teams in the entire state, regardless of class, most definitely. But it'd be fun to get there, for sure, if you're Leo Lions. Oh, yeah. Bryce, uh, elsewhere in the Northeast State this week, we mentioned DeKalb at Leo. We have Columbia City at Northridge, Mississippi, New Haven, Concordia at Norwell. How many teams are we talking about out of the Northeast State playing for sectional championships next week? I'm going to say at least two. I think it's going to be Leo and Norwell. I think uh, I think uh, what DeKalb and Leo is going to be very interesting tomorrow. I don't think it'll be... I think it'll be interesting at, at first, just because tomorrow the weather forecast looks like it's it's supposed to rain. And yes, I know they're playing on the turf. Um, and the game in, in week nine was played at DeKalb, and it was uh, an absolute mud pit that was featured on Barstool Sports. Um, and I don't. And luckily, it's not going to be like that for Leo this time around. So I think the game is going to be a lot closer than maybe expect, people would expect, um, uh, just because I think. Uh, DeKalb has been in this environment before. They played um, in, in the torrential downpour a couple of years ago at Leo, and it was a 7 nothing game. Now, these are completely different teams, but still I think this game could be could be very interesting. And, and with, with Norwell, I think with their rushing attack and Luke Graff um, in that defense, I think they're going to be able to slow down um, Concordia in their passing attack. I think Norwell has, has shown, I've seen them live in person, how well that that passing defenses and how well they can get after the quarterback and how well they can get into into the gaps and, and make life difficult on, on the rushing attack and, and getting up field. Um, so I just think with what these teams bring in the rushing attack and on the defense that both these teams are going to be moving on to next week. I like New Haven, too, tomorrow night. If they can slow down, that uh, that rushing attack for Mississippi averages over 314 yards per game. Big if. But at home for New Haven tomorrow night, I kind of like their chances there. But, uh, Bryce, looking at the Northeast Corner Conference, all of a sudden, one week down, we're down to three teams left in the NECC. Two of them play each other, Eastside and Central Noble. Talking about mud pits, Central Noble was that last week in a blowout win over Whitco. They play at home. They host Eastside. It's a team that destroyed them just a couple weeks ago. Should we expect anything different out of round two between these two teams? Yeah, I think so. I think it, it'll uh, it'll be not forty nine to nothing. It might be twenty eight to seven this time around. Just because I mentioned it's it's going to rain tomorrow, and Central Noble is now playing on that field um, for the third consecutive week. That has been utterly tore up. It's, it's you're going to be hard to get your footing. Even though we've seen the likes of Eastside uh, beat up on Angola a couple weeks ago in, in a, a little bit of a mud pit game over in Butler, um, but I think that. I think Eastside East is maybe just a little bit more prepared, more equipped, and had more success in the rain in a, in a mud pit type game. Um, this game, I think, will be a lot closer. I think Central Noble learned a lot um, from that and uh, and how to you know maybe defend Laban Davis and maybe make things a little bit more difficult. Um, but still, I think the talent is just going to be too much for Eastside. 
and it'll be overwhelming in the end. Even though Will Hoover went off uh, the last couple of weeks and has some really good rushing attacks, he's going to need to carry the ball uh, quite a bit and carry them on offense if, if Central Noble wants to have a chance tomorrow. Bryce, before we let you go, I wanted to hit you uh, with this question. And, you know, over the last couple of weeks, it's been talked about which which teams have turf, which schools have turf, which ones should, which ones are about to get turf. And, and let's fast forward, you know, five, six, seven years. You know, you cover small schools. I cover some small schools that, you know, they're probably going to be one of the last to get turf. But if we become a day where, every, all, you know, on Friday nights, every single area team has turf, does that take away a little bit uh, from, you know, I don't know, just the magic of high school football? If, if, ever, if there's no slop, there's no mud, there's no craziness, everybody's got a nice, pristine, artificial turf they're playing on. Does that take away some of, uh, of the magic of high school football, or I'm just, you know, kind of an old, bitter guy? No, I love how you speak romantically about high school football. <laughs> um, just because I, I would say you are correct. Um, and I feel, you know, really the same way because I was involved in one of these mud pit games um, at Central Noble on that field that they're going to be playing on uh, tomorrow. And I believe it was against Eastside. Um, it rained for it felt like two days straight. Um, we knew it was going to be a muddy game. Um, and one of the very first plays, I break through the, the east side or whoever we were playing. I can't remember exactly. But break through the offensive line and try to dive after the quarterback. And because I'm unbelievably slow, I miss. And I land and slide at least 10 yards <laughs> downfield and just get mud everywhere. In my face mask, in my helmet, in my jerseys, in my pants, and in my socks and shoes. And it, and it sucks, but I still had to play three more quarters and, that, and, it, and it felt fun because it was it was exciting. And by the by the middle of the second quarter, everybody else was in the same situation that I was in. And it was a dirty, nasty, fun game to be a part of. So if if everybody does eventually go to turf, I, I uh, but there is still something to be desired with a with a mud pit game that ends in eight to nothing, like it did with Garrett and Central Noble uh, a couple weeks ago. Right. I just feel like that's part of football is is the the slop and you know how it affects the game. And, you know everybody wants to take the variables out of the game, you know, whether it's you know robot umpires or officials or instant replay or turf everywhere or dome stadiums whatever. You could talk every level of 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 sport here, but there's a bit of the unknown when you factor in, you know, grass and mud and rain and potentially snow and that's just a variable I I'm comfortable with and I, I know fans and coaches and, and media folk, you know, either side of the fence. I just feel like that's that's part of it, right? What Bishop Lewers had to go through against Snyder is part of it. And uh and, and that's just, you know, in my opinion. I, I just feel like, you know, it's just gonna be a bunch of boring games that were you know, if we're gonna be watching a, a rainy game in the wet, it may as well be fun to watch instead of uh, you know, just on a turf. But that's me. No, I totally agree. Like I mentioned that the Cal Leo game from a couple of years ago, and it was driving rain, and it was ended up being seven to nothing. It was because it, it was really boring. It neither team could move the ball, um, and and it felt like it would have just been maybe a little bit more fun if you would have seen some mud on those kids' jerseys, like they did a couple of weeks ago um, when it was fourteen to nothing at DeKalb. And now it just it just brings an interesting element to the game that you maybe not necessarily prepare for early in the week, but by the time Thursday comes and you look at the weather forecast, and it's more definite that 
there's going to be a ton of rain either throughout the day or during the game. It's just something that else that you have to prepare for and throw in your game plan and maybe throw some things out of your game plan because you're not going to be able to throw the ball um, as much as maybe you wanted. And I think it's, it's definitely a challenge that, that both teams have to go through, um, as, as coaches like to say, after the game, if, if they're on the losing side, that both teams had to go through that. And, uh, and, and I think it definitely brings an interesting, a different, a fun element to the game. All right, that's our uh, Back in My Day segment here on the High School Coaches Show. <laughs> Two middle-aged guys liking uh, better things when we were younger. But, uh, all right, Bryce, enjoy your night home. Uh, have a good weekend down in Indy. We'll catch up to you next week. All right, see you, Justin. That was Bryce Vance, KPC Media Group, joining us here as he does each and every Thursday. We're going to take a break when we come back. Head coach Brett Fox, Columbia City Eagles. Hey, Columbia City is one of those teams that put in turf. They're part of the problem. We'll talk to Brett Fox about that and more as his team heads on the road to take on Northridge tomorrow evening. We'll break that down and more when we come back. You're listening to the High School Coaches Show, 1380 The Fan, 100.9 FM. All the football action you need all season long. Near sideline, stays in bounds at the 10, the 5, touchdown, Jeff Becker. The high school football game of the week. And there's a leaping catch, and David Bell's going to take it the distance. Purdue and Notre Dame, game day Saturday. Hands off left side at Jordan Wilkins. Cuts the power in the end zone. And the Colts and the NFL Thursday, Sunday, and Monday. It's all right here in Fort Wayne. See our upcoming schedule now at 1380thefan.com. 1380thefan and 100.9 FM. Get the latest knife info from the area's premier knife shop. Follow Blademan's on Facebook and Instagram today and get the latest on what's happening at Blademan's Knife Shop at the Shops of Scott Road. Hello, this is Mark, the owner of Blademan's Knife Shop. I'd like to personally invite you out to the store to check out the area's best selection of quality knives. We carry Benchmade, Hogue, Protec, Microtech, Emerson Knives, Zero Tolerance, and many more. We have the best selection of premium knives anywhere within 100 miles of Fort Wayne. So come in and check out our great selection and have a cup of coffee on me. Before you experience Experience the world-class quality in store. See fresh inventory updates and limited-time specials at the Blademan's Facebook page. Some inventory, unique colors, and new styles only stay in stock for a day or two. So be in the know and update your knife collection the smart way. Follow Blademan's today. As always, 10% discount for police and military and on-site sharpening service. Join the community of premium blade buffs at Blademan's Facebook and Instagram today. It doesn't take a brain surgeon to know ticks suck. But what you might not know is that they don't just suck blood way out in the woods. Those creepy little bugs can be anywhere all year long. And I do mean little. They can be smaller than the head of a pin. But big trouble comes in these small, gross packages. Even a tiny tick can make you super sick. So what's the most important tip to avoid getting bit? Well, duh, pay attention. Remember, ticks can be just about anywhere outdoors. Then, spray attention with an EPA-registered insect repellent. Wearing long socks and other protective clothing is a good idea, too. When you come back inside, shower. And always remember, check for ticks everywhere. And if you do get a tick bite, don't panic. Tell an adult. And visit ticksuck.org to learn how to remove it properly. Ticks suck, but being outdoors shouldn't. Go to ticksuck.org for more information. Ticksuck.org. Here's more from the High School Coaches Show on Fort Wayne Sports Station, 1380 The Fan at 100.9 FM. Welcome back to the High School Coaches Show. You know, it's, I find it more and more difficult, John, to come back out of that uh, ticks suck PSA. I had to slow it down and make sure I say it correctly. The ticks suck 
PSA um, that you like to play when I'm here, which is always appreciated. It is my favorite, all the PSAs here at Federated Media. So ticks, CK, ticksuck.org. There it is. So, um, yeah, back to the show, I guess. We'll uh, we'll talk some football. But uh, thanks to Bryce Vance before the break, joining us uh, talking NE8 and NECC sectional football. One of the games we casually mentioned was the Columbia City-Northridge game coming up tomorrow evening. It'll be the Eagles at Northridge, a 7 o'clock kickoff. Head coach of the Columbia City Eagles is Mr. Brett Fox. Coach, how are you? I'm doing good, man. How are you doing? Hey, we're doing good. I guess I decided to have you on despite you uh, talking something about uh, having another guest uh, to host this show, which uh, is pretty accurate, I would say. Probably more listeners if somebody else was hosting <laughs> this thing. But, uh, you know, we were uh, before we start talking uh, your team, we were talking with Bryce Fans um, uh, earlier about the the wealth of teams that have turf now and you guys now are one of them and you know a day in the not so distant future where every team in the area has artificial turf and you played and you played probably some epic games in the mess um back in the day does would that take away any part of of the magic of high school football if we didn't have the mud and the muck and the rain and the slop and and all that or as a coach do you never want to see that again um, I do think it takes away some of that magic, you know, and I'm playing on turf and when we we're building a new high school, I was pushing like, we need turf, we need turf, we need turf. But, you know, like one of the games I remember playing, um, was when I was at Eastbrook and we we're playing for a sectional championship against Lewis Cass and it's snowing and it's, it's kind of that wet snow and, and you're playing on grass and you're just, I mean, you're tearing it up. Um, you know, you're getting after it and, and, you know, you just remember those games or a couple of years ago, we we're playing the last grass game played, um, at Norwell. Um, and, you know, we tear, tear that field to pieces, um, and, you know, complete a, a two point conversion throw at the end of the game to win the game. And, you know, there's just, you do remember some of those games. You remember that, that weather and how it played into it and, and, um, just the magic that's, that's kind of with it, and it, but it does change the the dynamics of a game, um, you know, and and it's it's crazy. But yeah, everybody moving to, to to artificial turf, and we're even talking as we're you know voting for all conference NE8 this week. Um, you know how everybody, I think next year in the NE8 except for Belmont is going to be in turf, and you know Coach Hall at, at Belmont was like, yeah. I, I'm just going to stay grass because you guys aren't going to be used to it. Um, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, it's just, you know, I know as coaches you want to control the controllables, and now with artificial turf you can control that controllable. But that, that's some element of, of the game, right, is, you know, you have to play a team in and, and the slop and, and the mud, and, and now that's kind of taken away. So I don't know. Maybe we're just ranting a couple of middle-aged guys. I don't know. But uh, – uh, right. does, Nor does Northridge have turf? Are you playing on turf tomorrow night? Yeah, they they do have turf. So you know they they, they uh, I think they opened up their new stadium uh, last season, um, kind of like us. And okay. so um, the brand new stadium for them. The last time we were up there in 2015, we were playing on grass. Um, but it, it's a turf. It's a new stadium. Um, you know, not even where their old one was at. Um, and so um, it's kind of kind of crazy. But your stadium's nicer, right? 
Well, I mean, I just, you know, I, I, I'm a little biased. Uh, <laughs> uh, I you know, I, I, I think ours is, is great. And, uh, <laughs> you know, you know, and to quote one of the other NEA coaches this week, you know, Columbia City has the nicest facility in, in the northern half of Indiana. There you go. How can you argue with that? But, uh, okay. co- Coach, something that uh, that was mentioned on the last week's game, and, of course, you guys uh, beat Angola at home 48-12 to last week, was the fact that you kind of handed the uh, the reins of the offense to your senior quarterback and Greg Bolt in terms of being able to call some plays and, and really controlling the, the, the offense in that way. What led you to uh, to deciding that for Greg, and how did he do? Um, you know, I kind of was sitting there on Tuesday, and I, and I said, you know, some, I was thinking to myself, like, I want him to be comfortable. I want him to to feel um, confident in every single call that's coming in. Um, and you know, he he has that experience, and and so we talked during the week about, okay, like, this is this is what we're looking at in this situation. They give us this. This is this is where we want to attack. This is what we want to do. Um, and, you know, it's kind of teaching him every single thing that I try to look at. Um, and I think it gave him a, a new range of confidence. Um, it gave him a new range of, of you know, I, you know, I'm understanding why we're, why we're doing this stuff. And, 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 like, I'm in charge of it. And, and I, just, I just wanted him to be 100% confident in every single thing that he was doing and to understand that there's sometimes where he, he's, he's going to see some things out there that I, that I don't necessarily see. Um, you know, in the past we've allowed him to change plays. Um, and it's not really any more complicated than that, you know, than, than him being able to change plays. Um, and so every time he'd come off on the sideline and say, okay, now listen, we've done this, this, and this, I think it's time to set up this, this, and this, and, or what do you feel comfortable with? And just to hear him say like, Hey coach, like, We've got Stratton on this play. Like, we've, we've run this other play. We can get some play action in, and we can hit Stratton over the top. And then just to have that confidence that then he knows that. And I say, okay, as we're driving on this series, I want you to do it. And, and whenever you need to call it, you call it. And for him to call it, I think it was second and six. He hit Stratton over the top for about a 20-yard gain. Um, third 25 yard gain um, and, and just to see that confidence oozing him and I think that confidence just oozing our in our offense was, was, was something that was awesome and something that as a coach you're like I'm supposed to be in charge of this but really I, I feel like as a coach I'm supposed to be teaching him the game so that he understands the game so he can I don't know it was, it was you know I think it was something I thought it this is either going to kill me or it's going to um, help the team. And, and Greg stepped up and did a great job. Coach Brett Fox, Columbia City Eagles, joining us here on the High School Coaches Show. And somebody that uh, that uh, Greg's been able to lean on this year is Ethan Seavers. And, you know, he had some spot action last year for you as a sophomore and had a 100-yard game against New Haven uh, in, in late September last year. But, you know, he's closing in on 1,000 yards rushing this season. He's been tremendous for you to really balance that offense. Uh, what's been different about of Ethan Seavers this year as opposed to a sophomore season a year ago? Um, I think just the confidence he has in himself. Um, he's one of our hardest workers in the weight room um, and, and one of our strongest kids. And, you know, he actually last week did eclipse 1,000 yards, so he's 1,041, um, which is huge. Uh, you know, with our program, that's, I think, 
I think he's eighth place all time for single season with that. Um, and even last week, um, he, he switched positions for us. So, you know, he's been running our fullback all year, getting a majority of the carries. And last week we said, hey, like, we're going to – just because of where we're at and some injuries and stuff like that, we need you to play more of our slot position. And, and it took some different carries, um, but still got 90 yards last week for us. And uh, it's been awesome. <laughs> the, the other thing is we finally – uh, got him, got him a catch a pass, and you know he catches a a, a two yard pass, and you know takes it 49 yards to the house. Um, that's just how explosive he is. Um, and it's interesting watching him compared to his brother Michael a couple years ago. They're they're both hard workers. They both have the same mentality, but they are two totally different players. Um, and it's fun to to have those brothers that that fill different roles for you, and you see in different ways. All right, Coach, you get a Northridge team tomorrow that uh, not a lot of us outsiders thought you would see because we expected Northwood to win a week ago. That was a 42-8 to Northwood win in the regular season. Northridge has to go on the road to Northwood last week. They knock off the Panthers 28-7. to What did you see on tape from a week ago that uh, that the Raiders really were able to do and watch the very first game because it was like Channel 46 game of the week or whatever between Northwood and Northridge um, before and then we watched last week's game when we exchanged film with them and you know what I saw was kind of reminded me of my first year at Columbia City we get, we got beat 49 to six by New Haven on our homecoming and we got them in the second round of sectional and beat them seven to three um, and. You know, Northridge just they 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 said you know we're we're not going to put up with this. You know we're we're a better team. We're gonna we're gonna be more physical. We're gonna we're gonna drive it down your throat. Um, we're gonna be consistent with it. Um, and it was just uh, it was a tale of two two games really. Um, and and you even saw you know like Northridge kind of got punched in the mouth and they didn't respond. And and Northridge just kind of kind of took it to them. So what in terms of, of what needs to happen tomorrow night? You know, probably another, you know, wet night. It'll help being on the turf. But what's the keys tomorrow night to get a win on the road? Um, I think the keys are just to have our, uh, you know, to take care of the ball. Um, you know, we talked about it tonight. Yeah, got a little rain in practice tonight, which was good. Um, and just said, you know, we got to protect the ball. We got to force some turnovers. We got to stay at home um, and really just uh, play with passion, play, play with intensity and play with passion um, and do that no matter where we are and what the score is and in and, and any situation. All right, buddy. Hey, appreciate the time. Thanks a lot. Good luck on the road tomorrow night. Hopefully, I'm maybe pestering you next week. All right. Well, hey, uh, you know, maybe um, I know I would have had more time on the radio, but Mosier always, uh, you know, coming on first <laughs> so that he can get as many words in as possible and uh, then a guarantee that he gets, you know, his his time in the limelight. Yeah, God, God forbid we uh, turn off his mic or anything, but it's been tempting. Yeah. All right. Take care, man. <laughs> See Thanks you, buddy. for having me on. Yep. That was Coach Brett Fox, head coach of the Columbia City Eagles, joining us here on the High School Coaches Show. We're going to take a break, come back. Chad Zolman, Homestead Spartans, will join us as we wrap up the show when we come back. You are listening to the High School Coaches Show, 1380 The Fan, 100.9 FM. 
this season. It's Pigskin Picks. Log on to 1380thefan.com and pick every NFL game every week and play in the 1380thefan exclusive contest for weekly prizes. Win the most weeks and you score tickets to the 2022 Colts home opener at Lucas Oil Stadium in Indy. It's Pigskin Picks. Log on to 1380thefan.com and pick every NFL game all season long from 1380thefan and 100.9 FM. Man, how can you afford gas for that big SUV? I pay less for gas than everyone else. I got the free Get Upside Gas app and get up to 25 cents a gallon cash back every time I buy gas. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You're getting up to 25 cents off a gallon with the free Get Upside Gas app while I'm paying full price? You know it. People earned over a million dollars last year. You just got to take a picture of your gas receipt and bam, up to 25 cents a gallon cash back. You don't have to tell me twice. I'm downloading the free Get Upside Gas app now. Download the free Get Upside app now in the App Store or Google Play to save up to 25 cents a gallon when you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for a 25 cent a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's up to 50 cents a gallon on your next tank. Just download the free Get Upside app at the App Store or Google Play and use promo code CAR. Save money on gas on every fill-up. Just download the free Get Upside app and use promo code CAR. That's C-A-R. Visit GetUpside.com for terms. Home improvement is daunting. These days, finding a business who checks all your boxes for materials, quality of work, warranty, and price can feel like a never-ending scavenger hunt. Alliance Exteriors is here to make your unique home improvement journey easier for you. Alliance Exteriors specializes in metal and shingle roofing, siding, windows, and patios. Alliance Exteriors promises to be your partners for life. From the time a team member arrives at your door to assess your home to years after the job is complete with our best-in-the-business lifetime warranties. Plus, all Alliance Exteriors jobs are done properly by licensed professionals so your warranty sticks. We invite you to look around at different companies. Alliance Exteriors is confident that after comparing quality of materials, quality of work, warranty, and price, you will give us a call. Contact us today at 260-908-5465. Check out our Facebook or visit AllianceExteriorsIN.com to schedule your free no-pressure estimate. At Alliance Exteriors, we are your partners for life. Now back to the High School Coaches Show on Fort Wayne Sports Station, 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Welcome back to the High School Coaches Show here for the final time. We're heading into the 7 o'clock hour where we will go back to Fox Sports programming. But 8 o'clock, complete coverage of the Packers and Arizona Cardinals starting at 8 p.m. here tomorrow night. Starting at 7 o'clock, you'll hear the biggest game, in my opinion, in the area tomorrow night. It will be Homestead at Carroll, a 6A showdown in Sectional 3. Head football coach of the Homestead Spartans is Coach Chad Zolman. Joins us right now. Coach, how are you? Good. How are you, sir? Not bad, buddy. And uh, we've been kind of throwing the this topic around here over the last hour in terms of turf and uh, whether it's it's great or whether, you know, as middle-aged people, we kind of miss the uh, the uh, the muck and, and mud that we saw a couple weeks ago. You only have to play one game on grass this year so far. That was at Northside in week six. Um, do you miss it sometimes, or are you perfectly fine with not having to worry about field conditions? Perfectly fine. <laughs> okay. 100%. You know what? Just maybe the smell of it, 
I yeah. miss that a little bit, but I can I can walk out into grass field and get that. So, <laughs> so you don't miss it at all. Perfectly fine missing. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's okay with me. Uh, that's funny, Coach. Um, you know, it, it's a big one coming up tomorrow night uh, at Carroll again. Take us uh, back just a few weeks. Uh, round one at Carroll it was a 17-10 win for the Chargers. What was your impressions out of that game? Well. I mean, we, we came away knowing just how good Carroll was. That's, that was a really, they're a really good football team. And so, you know, we we felt like we didn't play well at times and uh, less than points off the board and, uh, you know, things like that. But they, they could say the same thing. They got in the red zone and fumbled and uh, it was back and forth. We had a chance at the end to go down and, you know, try to tie it up. And, you know, I expect a, a hard-fought, tight ball game Again, between two teams that are, you know, they're really good, and I think we're decent. Coach, when you look at uh, you guys' losses collectively, 13 points, seven to Carroll, three to Snyder, three to Bishop Lures. Is there something all-encompassing that, 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 you know, surrounds all three of those games, or were it different circumstances? Is there one thing you can take out of those three losses and say this is what we need to get better at? Well, if you look at those three games, uh our opponents made key plays and key moments, and we didn't. You know, I think that's what we got out of it. We just haven't made the plays in the in the key moments, and so we've got to um, make sure that we're a little more efficient when we get in the red zone. We're we're better at uh, some things defensively here if we want to be successful, because the margin for error in all three of those games is very small, and it will be Friday night. You know, so. Uh, it's that that's what we learned we just we have to play at a better level the entire game for four quarters and i, I hopefully that and then we've had really good two weeks of practice so i feel like we're ready coach when you look at your quarterback peyton slavin he's played tremendously well over the second half of the season actually all season but you know definitely has shown his improvement the second half um where is he at in his development and is he a, a guy that's uh that's really kind of developed as expected over the course of his junior season. Yeah, you know, he has developed as, as we've expected. And, and, you know, at this point in the season, no, there are no rookies left. You know, you know, everybody's played. They've been in the battle and they've been in the heat. And he's been in some, some tight ball games to the end. And, you know, I, I think those things were beneficial to a, a quarterback that is, is, you know, taking the reins for the first time. So at this point, you know, we, we hope that not just Peyton, but everybody on our team has learned uh how to handle that and i think he's gotten better and better and and you know like you said i think he's second half of the season has been pretty good coach flipping over to the defensive side of the football real quick i wanted to highlight somebody that maybe doesn't get a lot of love and that's matt miller up front and he really clogs the holes and, and really takes up a big presence up front and can release you know your edge rushers and your linebackers to make plays the kids put in the work he he as a senior he doesn't get much praise uh, week to week from from media types and stuff like that, but the kid does his work, and uh, I think he's just one of those those great kids that's a, a huge building block for programs that you know doesn't get a limelight. Yeah, I'm so glad you brought him up. Honestly, he's uh, he's a captain, has voted on by his peers. He's a leader, and every you know, in off season, he was the leader in the weight room. He's pushing everybody else. He's challenging everybody. He's uh, he's one of those kids that. Uh, has just done his done his job and done it very well. And you're right, statistically, he's not going to nothing's going to stand out to you. But uh, if you watch him play, he does his job, you know. And, and they're not successful 
running his way very often. So, it, it, you know, all those things add up to – and then, you know, part of the defensive line's job is to keep our linebackers clean so they can run, and he's done that. You know, all the little things that nobody knows about, you know, except us when we watch film. And he's uh, uh, just one of those kids It's just a pleasure to have on the football field. Is it tougher to find kids to commit to that role that Matt Miller fills as opposed to 20 years ago? Or is it still just as many kids that say, hey, I'll go battle in the trenches and not make the highlight plays and be perfectly content with it? You know, there's kids that are willing to sacrifice. And I think uh, part of the greatest motivation that we can have is to play for your brothers. And if you love your brother and you love your teammates and you want to continue to play football together, and you know, you're going to play as hard as you can to do your job. Um, and not really care about anything but uh, the, the success of the team. And I think he epitomizes that. And I hope that we're kind of teaching our, our young men that as a, as a program, that there's, you know, this, this whole thing is bigger than any of us, including me. So uh, if they can learn that lesson in life, I think it'll carry them a long way. And that's what we hope we're, we're teaching these kids. All right, Coach, it's it's a it's a rival tomorrow night, but more importantly, it's winner go home in the sectional semifinal tomorrow at Carroll. What's it come down to tomorrow night? Well, we have to be we have to play really well. I mean, they're a really good football team. I'm I'm impressed with every phase of the game for them. They offensively, they're they're dangerous and they can score from anywhere. And uh, their special teams are good. They've got a great kicker and a great punter, and uh, they cover well. So, in their defense is probably the best defense they've had in, in, that I can remember. And, and it's all over. They're not just a single person defense. They've got some some standout players, but the truth is they're all sound. And when you look at them, they don't have many weak links. So, we have to play at a very high level. Our, like I said earlier, I, you know, our margin for error is small. We only turn the ball over. We have to possessions and on defense make them earn everything and you know no big plays and uh and handle the conditions it may be uh poor poor weather and uh you know it's an uncontrollable but it's something you have to adjust to and play with and so you know those are all key things for us it is homestead it is carol it's coming up tomorrow night on the turf coach zolman's definitely happy about that buddy thanks a lot for joining us and good luck tomorrow night all right thank you that was Coach Chad Zolman, Homestead Spartans, in his 18th season at the helm of Homestead, record 152 and 47, and has won several postseason championships over the course of his career. Four sectionals, including last year's uh, sectional championship. Didn't have to play Carroll a year ago. Warsaw knocked him off in the sectional semifinal. Instead, this year, the winner of Homestead and Carroll tomorrow night will host the Warsaw Tigers a week from tomorrow night for a sectional crown. That's going to do it for us here on the High School Coaches Show. Thank you to Coach Zolman for joining us. Thank you to Coach Brett Fox, Columbia City. Bryce Vance, KPC Media Group, joined us as he does each and every week, and we kicked it off at the top of the hour with Head Coach Grant Mosier of the South Adams Starfires. Thanks for joining us tomorrow night. Stay tuned here, 1380 The Fan, 100.9 FM. It'll be Homestead and Carroll Game of the Week as Brett Rump and Shannon Griffith bring you all the action from Carroll Stadium. For Mr. John Graham, I am Justin Kenny. This has been the High School Coaches Show here on 1380 The Fan, 100.9 FM.
Thanks for listening to this exclusive presentation of 1380 The Fan. The High School Coaches Show with Justin Kenny on Fort Wayne Sports Station. 1380 The Fan and 100. Heating and Cooling Studios. This is G1380 AM, 100.9 FM, Fort Wayne, Indiana. The Fan. He's Ben Maller, and you can listen to him. Consider this a public service announcement of PSA. Right here. We're breaking all the rules. Y'all fools to say the same. Weeknights, 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific. We're Fox Sports Radio. Saturday on Fox. Don't miss an epic in-state rivalry as Michigan takes on Michigan State for the Paul Bunyan Trophy. Let's, let's, let's win! The action kicks off at noon Eastern on Fox and the Fox Sports app. Podcasts by Federated Media.